Jason Perfection, a UConn women's basketball podcast. I'm Daniel Connolly here with Megan Gower. If you have ever played basketball in your life, if you've ever seen a basketball in your life, if you even know what the sport is, you might want to get in touch with UConn women's basketball because they need guards pretty badly right now. AZ Fudd, as we talked about last week, is out for the foreseeable future with a foot injury. And then the Paige Becker's injury happens on Sunday against Notre Dame. She goes down with a non-contact left knee injury with 38.5 seconds left in the win. UConn was up by 18. She needed to be carried to the bench. She was able to go through the handshake line, put some weight on her leg with assistance from Jamel, Janelle Francisco and one of the graduate assistants, but she still needed a lot of help. News came on Tuesday that she suffered a tibial plateau fracture, which is essentially a fracture of the knee or somewhere in the knee and will be out six to eight weeks. From my very limited medical research, it seems like Paige Becker's got really lucky that it was just the break. It seems like that's actually a rare thing to happen when you get this sort of injury. It's not the best case scenario. The best case scenario, as Gino said after the game on Sunday, would have been a knee hyperextension, which would have put her out a little closer to the two to four week range, but it could be a lot worse if it was a ligament injury like an ACL or an MCL or a meniscus either. Something that would have involved surgery that could have knocked her out for the entire season. So Sounds like Paige is going to be able to recover pretty easily from this. Doesn't seem like there's going to be any long-term consequences. It's just a matter of getting it right, getting it fully healed, and then getting her back up to full speed, back up to her conditioning level so she doesn't get hurt again from rushing back. The six to eight week time frame puts her back roughly at the end of January, early February, Somewhere in there, it depends how quickly she bounces back, how quickly it heals, how quickly she can get back up to speed. So not the best case scenario, but absolutely not the worst case scenario. And then on today, on Wednesday, Gino Ariama randomly drops a bombshell that Nika Mule is going to be out for a substantial amount of time, at least three weeks, maybe more, maybe a little less due to the same foot injury that she suffered last year in the NCAA tournament. It was bothering her all summer. I know she missed some time in the summer. She didn't practice in the portion of practice that was open to the media last time we were in there, which must have been last Friday or whenever that was. I don't remember the days have all blended together at this point. Gino made it sound like it wasn't anything of concern, but now it's some sort of stress reaction again. Same thing that we saw with AZ Fudd. They don't want it to turn into a broken foot, so that's why they're sidelining her. So that means UConn has three healthy guards left. Kristen Williams, Avina Westbrook, and Caroline Ducharme. Things are going great in stores. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like at least you could say the news for Paige could have been a lot worse. So at least the news is not something that sidelines her for the season. Not something, I think, even more importantly, that's going to have a long-term effect on her career, right? You're not looking at like an ACL tier or something like that that's more difficult to come back to could result in like structural damage that could impact her in the long run. So I think there's a little bit of a positive side if you're really trying to find one, but yeah, things have been a little bit rough this week for you got women's basketball. 
Yeah, it's not what you want. I seriously don't know how Gino is going to figure out the rotation, the starting lineup this weekend, because it also sounds like Aubrey Griffin isn't coming back. Gino didn't say for certain. He called her day-to-day. Not knowing anything, I just really don't see her coming back at all. It, I mean, this weekend, that I don't mean long-term. This weekend specifically, I have a hard time seeing her being back. Maybe they'll get her. Even if they do get her, it's not really going to be a whole lot of minutes i imagine that she plays she's not a guard but i think she could fill in as a guard a little bit whereas yeah mir mclean has a very similar skill set to aubrey griffin but gino said after the seton hall game that mir's job is to rebound and if she's not rebounding she's not very useful out there we've almost never seen her play out on the perimeter i don't really know if she has the ball handling skills to do that i don't think we've seen enough from her shooting abilities to know that she can handle that so at this point, you probably give it a try at some point. They haven't had a whole lot of practice time to get ready for life without Paige, life without Nika. They've had more time with life without AZ, but do you put Caroline in the starting lineup and then just have all three players play all 40 minutes? That seems like the most normal lineup that you can throw out there. Do you put Dorka Juhas in the starting lineup and just go with three bigs or maybe play Aliyah Edwards as more of a wing, even though that kind of takes away the biggest strength of her game and then have the ability to bring in both Dorka and Caroline or not Dorka, bring in Caroline off the bench to relieve some of the guards, but then you don't really have any of the bigs that you can put on the bench. <laughs> Do you put Mir McLean out there just to have something different and have more flexibility with your bench? then how do you rotate the guards? Do you maybe go with a three big lineup to give one of the three guards a break? If you start with three bigs, do you go with a three guard lineup to give the bigs a break? I have no idea how this is going to work. It's going to be just fascinating to watch. And I am very glad that I'm not in Gino or Amos shoes that he is single-handedly earning his paychecks over these next two months. For the most part, it's going to be a very, very tough stretch for this team. Yeah, agreed. I think it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how they come out on Thursday and what the lineup looks like. Because I think, like you said, there's a few different ways you could go and then how that rotation look has to change entirely too. So, I mean, obviously we'll get at least a first look at what that looks like on Thursday, but it's going to be very interesting. And I think the other thing you hope for is that like the timetable on AZ that was, you know, we'll reevaluate in two weeks and Nika in three weeks, you in Aubrey kind of as a TBD at this point, you hope those are going to be on the shorter end to give them some more options because right now there's just not a lot of options. I think the best case scenario, well, not the best case scenario, but the best case realistic scenario is if you can get all three of those players back by the time you start playing after Christmas, after that little break mm-hmm. that you get, I think December 29th is their first game after that's probably a realistic goal to have, if not all three players, at least get two of them back, at least get one of the guards back. I think you just need another body back there. I don't really know how it's going to unfold. This team wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire with page Beckers in the lineup. And a lot of times, especially against Seton hall, it was very clear. We saw against Arkansas in the season opener various times this year Paige Beckers has put the team on her back she's carried them she's hit the big shots when they haven't been able to find the basket without her what does it look like is it going to be really ugly or is it going to be something in the way of the Ewing effect where the entire team realizes the importance of playing together stepping up without Paige out there and 
it helps them get things going a little bit. What are the realistic expectations for this team going forward the next month, the next two months? If we're talking about not having page backers into, let's just say, the first week of February, is it realistic that they can win any of these tough games coming up on their schedule against Louisville, against Oregon, against South Carolina, against Tennessee? I think those are all games that they could potentially lose, and I don't even think we could blame them all that much for not winning them. Yeah, I think you're looking at those games, and I mean, obviously, like this weekend where they've got Georgia Tech and UCLA that are probably fringe top 25 teams, like when you have to make a major adjustment, I think going to be some tough games for them. But I think the thing they have in their favor is like, yes, this team has relied very heavily on Paige Becker so far. We saw it last year too. And she kind of has been carrying the team, but at least on paper, and we're going to see how that actually goes into like actually playing on the court, but this team still has enough talent, even with the other injuries, I think to match up with most teams in the country, South Carolina, no, but like when you're talking about these other teams, when you're talking about a starting lineup that still has Avina Westbrook and Kristen Williams and Olivia Nelson Adota and Aliyah Edwards, like you're not in horrible shape. Like there is enough talent on the court to win those games. It's just a matter of kind of come together the right way. And in a way we haven't really seen so far to do that. Yeah, this is going to be, I said, I wrote on the weekly that this is going to be the most pivotal stretch of Kristen Williams career because she said over the summer that she wanted to kick some ass. She was trying to kill everyone out on the court. And she even admitted today that she hasn't been playing at that level. We know what she can do. She can be this team's go-to scorer, this team's go-to player, this team's star. She hasn't done it at a consistent level. This is her opportunity. She needs to shine this season or the stretch, I would say, no matter what because UConn has no other options. She is their best player now that Paige Beckers is out. And Avina Westbrook, who we've always talked about as being really good at her job, which is just doing whatever the team needs of her, that can no longer be your job anymore. She has to be a go-to scorer. She has to probably take over point guard duties with both Paige and Nika out. I think that's a job better fit for her compared to Kristen Williams. And she needs to continue doing everything else that she already does, her defense, her rebounding just her presence out there. These two players are going to be really, really important. And like you said, they're capable of carrying UConn against some of these top teams in the country because at their best, they are two of the best players in the country. It's the consistency. Can they do it every single night when UConn needs them to? Can they do it when they're still having an off night? It's all on them. You kind of hope that this pressure is going to, kick them into the right gear and get them going. But at the same time, until they prove that they can do it, we don't know that they can. So it's going to be a very revealing stretch for those two as well. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the thing in UConn's favor is that they're both seniors. So you're not all of a sudden like relying on a sophomore. They rely on Paige all the time, but relying on a sophomore that hasn't been in this position to now try to go carry the team. These players are seniors. They're going to be more mature. I think they recognize at least what they need to do. So hopefully they can, you know, step up with consistency. We've seen it in flashes from both of them plenty of times. They're definitely capable of carrying this team through the stretch it's just a matter of can they go out there and do that consistency with consistency night in and night out because with the exception of a couple biggies games that are going to come in the stretch to, you know, like the butlers of the world UConn's going to need them to be good night in and night out to not end up losing a lot more than just what we're calling the you know the, the tough games yeah I think there's definitely two levels to this is 
if UConn, let's just pretend that Paige isn't back until after the Tennessee game. If they go and lose those games to Louisville, South Carolina, Oregon, and Tennessee, as I said, but those are the only games they lose, but they're playing well and they're looking better. And, you know, Avina and Kristen are answering the bell, but they just don't have enough firepower without Paige. Then I think maybe you shrug your shoulders and go, okay, well, I like what this team looks like that they don't have Paige. Once they add her back, they're going to be at another level. But if they just, if they're struggling with the butlers of the world, even if they're struggling, I'd say with the DePauls and who else is coming up, the Creightons and those mid-range Big East teams that aren't normally a threat to UConn, if UConn's having trouble with them, then that's a major red flag that, okay, this team isn't as good as we thought they were going to be beyond Page. Page covered up a lot of weaknesses. And then there could be the third option where, all right, we don't have Page. We need to turn it up. And this is still a really good team. Kristen answers the bell. Avino answers the bell. AZ gets healthy, gets back, and starts looking like the number one player in the country. I think it's really frustrating that you don't have AZ for this stretch because mm-hmm. I think we saw how timid she was. Obviously, the foot injury was a pretty major factor, it seemed like. We talked about during the preseason how we don't think AZ is going to have the same type of freshman year as Paige simply because she doesn't have the same opportunity. Right now, she would have the same opportunity or a similar opportunity. So if they can get her back for the second half and she can have a month of playing without Paige, I think she could be really, really huge. But to talk about a freshman that is healthy, Caroline looked really good against Notre Dame. And I think what I'm most encouraged about that performance is Gino has not stopped talking about how good she's looked in practice and it just hasn't translated over to games but that was the same Caroline that we saw in the Fort Hayes state game. So it's not like that was just a flash in the pan. Well, I mean, right now it is a flash in the pan, but these are two performances, even though one was against a division two opponent that we've seen what Caroline's capable of doing. She can be a really, really good player for this team, I think. And I don't necessarily want to say that she has to step up and she has to be a big player and score 14 points or more every single night. But I also think that she is capable of doing that and could be an X factor over these next couple of weeks where if she can, let's just say average 10 or 12 points a game and hit a couple threes and just keep the defense honest and continue getting the rim and rebound and block shots as she did against Notre Dame. That's going to be something that we haven't seen from this team this year until the fourth quarter against Notre Dame, which is when they ran away from it. Again, I don't want to put the pressure on Caroline saying she has to show up in order for UConn to do well over the stretch. And if she doesn't, she's a failure because that's just not fair of a freshman. But I think she's capable of doing that. And she's capable of maybe not being the MVP, but like, what would you call someone who's the most valuable player behind the most valuable player, the, the, <laughs> the secondary MVP? Because I think the MVP over these next couple of weeks has to be Kristen. And if it's not Kristen, but it's a Vina, then okay, you take that. But I think, you know what I'm trying to say? Like Caroline could have a very big role here, even though that shouldn't be the expectation for her. Yeah. I think it's not the expectation, but if they can get from that from Caroline kind of over the next few games or not even even consistently over the next few games, but just in some of these bigger moments that they have coming up, that's going to put them like worlds ahead of where we think they might be in those games. 
but going back to what you said, like there really is three ways this can go. And I kind of feel like if, assuming Paige comes back from like for that, after that Tennessee game, like there's a world where they come out of that a two loss team with just another loss to South Carolina. There's a world where they've lost some of these big games. And then there's a world where they've lost. I, I don't even want to put a number on it. It's going to be really interesting. And I think we'll at least get a sense of what direction we think it's going on Thursday, but I think it's important. Like, I think people are obviously looking at losing page. It's like, and then AZ and Nika on top of that, it's quick to like push the full panic button. But I truly believe like on paper, this team has enough talent to like to come out of that stretch and match up with everyone other than South Carolina. Cause when you think about like Oregon is probably the second toughest team in my opinion, in that stretch, assuming that they're healthy by that game. And you're, you're hopefully going to have AZ and Nika and Aubrey back by that game. So the situation isn't maybe as dire as it seems. Yeah, I had this thought yesterday after the page news came out that, all right, let's pick that middle tier. They don't go as well as we think they could and maybe only lose to South Carolina. It's not they're losing games to Big East teams. They lose a couple of the winnable games, the losable games. Let's say they lose to Oregon and South Carolina and then one of Tennessee or Louisville. I don't care which one. So they lose three games. Let's just pretend the NCAA selection committee puts them in as a three seed because of those three losses and the big east lack of strength of schedule knocks them too i think you're terrified if you're the one or two in that region because you've not only got a yukon team that in theory has figured out how to play without page adding page with maybe an az fud that's finally getting going that is a terrifying thought so then i went on twitter and i was going to tweet it from our blog account and someone else had already <laughs> nailed the exact same thing so Apparently, I'm not alone in that thought, but yeah, I think before the Seton Hall game or yeah, because the Seton Hall game was the first one after the 10 days off between South Carolina, I wrote that this was just the first step in their development towards March. So what it looked like against Seton Hall, there just needed to be steps forward and there were steps forward and the same thing against Notre Dame and then everything goes off the rails. It didn't, it wasn't even like things fell off the rails, like things got ejected off of the rails So right now you hit the pause button on your season and you go, okay, we just have to get through these next six to eight weeks. We have to hope nobody else gets injured. We have to hope that the guys who are injured can get back. Then we have to get Paige back and integrate her back into the mix. And then I think then if you can get through it, survive it pretty unscathed, then you can hit the reset button and start building again towards March. But I just, don't know how much we're going to be able to take from this stretch and the way that they're playing once we get into February, once we get into March, just because it is going to look so different. So it feels like the team development is going to pause for a little bit, but it could be very, very beneficial for this team going forward if they can find a way to figure it out. Exactly. I think in addition to what we already said about Kristen and Navina and if they can step up and then you know take that level of play into March alongside Paige obviously that's going to make a huge difference but I think the other part that's going to be so key is the front court and I mean we've seen a lot of really good stuff from Olivia Nelson and Dota so far I like sense that first quarter in the or first half really in the South Carolina game where she was really good I thought she had obviously a fantastic game against Notre Dame I think that's some of the best basketball we've seen her play so she's, she's finding it. And I think if they can, you know, leverage that, if Liv can be really good, if you get Aaliyah and Dorka going, like, especially if you just look at the next two weeks, like they've got Georgia Tech, they've got UCLA, and they've got Louisville, three tough teams, but three teams that they should have the size advantage 
against in all like all those games so can they get the post to really start going get dominant inside I think that's going to be a huge step for them if they can one is going to help them win these like games that they hopefully can win in this stretch without Paige and then two like if you can get Liv and Dorka and Aaliyah to be this really good front court through the stretch because they have to be without Paige and then you add Paige back into that that's going to give them such a better chance in March it also helps that Olivia Nelson Adota is coming off one of her best, if not her best performance at UConn against Notre Dame. She had the first double double of UConn seasons 14 points, 13 rebounds, just one assist, which is a little lower than the number we're used to from her. Two blocks. And in a weird way, she fouled out with five fouls. I'm almost more encouraged that it wasn't a perfect performance because I think we've seen in the past that. Olivia Nelson Adota has had some perfect performances or close to it, really promising performances, and they've never lasted. They've always just been these one-off occurrences, these flashes in the pan. We've seen a very steady progression for Olivia Nelson Adota throughout the season from just fighting through the adversity against Arkansas, even though she didn't have all that great of a game, to the great first half that she had against South Carolina, to a good, not great game against Seton Hall, to a great game with the caveat that she followed out against Notre Dame. I think I'd rather see her continue to build every single game instead of all of a sudden it's just, oh, Liv is dominant. She's killing everyone out there. No one can stop her. And then the next game, she has three rebounds and two points. I'd rather see a progression where there are mistakes. She knows what there is to fix. I feel like that's more promising in a very weird way. So Again, I, I, I don't remember what it was that I mentioned it in, but I said that with all the injuries, UConn's not suddenly going to turn into a post-first offense. I think I might be changing my thinking on that. Just <laughs> the fact of they don't really have that many guards left. If you can get these bigs going and have them be more consistent contributors, you needed that before Paige got hurt. It needs to be an even bigger part of their game now. Aaliyah Edwards is just scoring 10 points a game like she is now. It's remarkable. Aaliyah Edwards had 10 points and didn't get a single rebound, which is nuts. That is insane. So if she's getting 10 points without cleaning up on the offensive glass, she's going to be having 15, 16, 20-point games if she's also getting offensive rebounds and getting the second-chance points. Dorky Juhas still continues to to struggle to be a consistent contributor only three rebounds no points against Notre Dame but she had 10 rebounds against Seton Hall if both Liv and Aaliyah are scoring a lot then that kind of takes the pressure off of her too and it she's dealing with a thumb injury so I feel like that's a big part of why she's not playing all that well so maybe if she can just be a rebounder and a defender get into the Christmas break and give your hand, your thumb some time to heal. Then maybe she'll be better prepared to score into the second half. But yeah, obviously Kristen and Liv, no, not Kristen and Liv, Kristen and Avina are going to be talked about a lot in terms of how you replace all these guards. But I, I don't want to say that the bigs have just as important of a role. It's on them too. You're not going to replace Paige with a single player. So you need more scoring from the bigs because that's been an area of concern the entire season. Now you're trying to replace 21 points per game. That's not all going to come from the guards. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I don't know. I think it is fair to say that they're just as important because it's going to take 
everyone to replace Paige. And 20 points a game becomes a lot easier to kind of digest when it's, you know, five points a player instead of 20 points across the board. So I, I do think that Olivia and Leah are going to be a huge part of this. And I think, I mean, luckily for UConn, like outside of South Carolina and Oregon in that stretch, like who do they have to play that really has players that can match up with them? So if they just go out there and do like what they should be able to do against these teams, that's going to go a long way, especially in the Big East where they can really bully teams inside. I think if they can't get things done in those Big East games, the post is probably going to be a big part of that because there's just no reason that Liv and Aaliyah can't go off in those games. Just going from last season, Liv and Aaliyah were going off in those games. Mm-hmm. So not only should that just continue on from the way it went last season, it should be even more so because Liv is definitely a better player than she was last yeah. year. I think Aaliyah is going to get there. I don't think she's quite at the level she was at the end of last year yet, but the more we see her this year, the more that I think, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. You're always going to let her go to the Olympics and play with the Canadian national team, but I don't really know how much that experience benefited her from the way that she's playing. So get her going, get Dorka healthy and going. That's that would be a huge step. And yeah, like you said, it all starts this Thursday. I'm trying to think, has there been a more fascinating UConn game against an unranked opponent just in the middle of the regular season with no implications tied to it? I mean, there was, the game in 2017, I want to say it was where they set the record for the longest continuous winning streak. And I mean, I guess there is the homecoming aspect tied to it with Olivia Nelson Adota, but this is one of the most interesting regular season games that I've covered in my seven seasons that has nothing to do with the opponent. It's not like that's a factor. It's not like the atmosphere is a factor. It's not like the non-player storylines, if that makes sense are a factor, but it's going to be so, so interesting to watch how this team plays against Georgia tech and how they handle all the absences. Yeah. I think Thursday is, I don't think there is probably a more interesting game against a non-ranked opponent in the past. I don't know, a long time. Um, Cause there's just so much to see and how this game goes. And I think it, honestly, I'm kind of glad that it's Georgia tech, even though like, obviously that gives them a you know, higher chance of losing because it is, is a halfway decent team, but I think you go out and you put them against like Butler in this first game without Paige. We don't learn anything because like it's just a team that like they should be able to bully no matter like if they put all of their bench players on the court. So I think you know having a team that's at least you know they're not top twenty five right now. They're probably not far outside the top twenty five. They have lost a couple of games, but you know they beat Georgia this week, which is a ranked team. Like they're a quality opponent. Seeing what they look like against a quality opponent is going to be huge and figuring out what does this look like without page yeah um it's gonna be a really really interesting next two months for this team and what was already a very interesting season yeah. to begin with it's not like <laughs> this was just some cookie cutter roll the ball out UConn's gonna win by 20 and oh now they have to figure out how to do it without page no this was a team that we I mean if page doesn't get hurt we're having a conversation about how this team really isn't looking all that good and there's something missing with this team it's a very different conversation. It's not a very happy, upbeat conversation that we're having, even if Paige never got hurt, even if Nika isn't hurt, even if AZ's out there. Mm-hmm. There's been something off with this team all year long. Now they have to figure it out. It's really going to be one of the most interesting seasons in recent memory. I'm trying to run back through my head. My knowledge probably goes back to like 
comfortably 2009, 2010 of term in terms of like how the seasons progressed. And I mean, let's not pretend like the two back-to-back national championships they had with Maya Moore and Tina Charles were all that intriguing. The years in between that when they didn't win the national championship. Yeah. Those were some interesting years. Brianna Stewart's freshman year was obviously a pretty wild year than the rest of the Stewie years. There wasn't a whole lot going on the post two Stewie years. What weren't a whole lot of things going on. I mean, this is just a very unique season already. And it has the potential to be a very special season because if they weather the storm, as Gino said, and if they go on and they figure it out and they get page back and then they really start to click and look like the top ranked team or the second best team on par with South Carolina that we thought they would be at the start of the season. This could be one of the most memorable UConn women's basketball seasons in recent memory, or they could never figure it out, losing the elite eight. And we forget the season ever happened. <laughs> could go one of two ways, but if things do start to go together and they start to figure it out and all those sorts of things. Yeah. This, this has the potential to be a wild, wild season. Yeah. And I feel like I tend to lead more towards the positive until I see something negative because it, like, I think when you just, you look at the not amount of talent on this roster, like someone has to figure it out. There's too much talent on this roster for them to not figure it out. So it's going to be really, really interesting, but I feel like it's more likely than not that it takes the positive spin instead of the negative. I think the game on Thursday is going to be a mess. Yeah. I think they're going to win, <laughs> but it is going to be one of the ugliest wins that UConn women's basketball has ever pulled off. Then I think it probably looks a little better against UCLA. I, I still think they win that game. It, mm-hmm. it looks better for stretches. And I kind of feel like that Louisville game, it might start to click for them because you got three games under your belt. That's a pretty decent amount of practice. I mean, you have the entire week of practice before that. So I honestly think they're going to get there. I think this pressure is going to help them. I think not having Paige is going to be honestly really beneficial for this team, even though that's not what you want, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Even if they lose that game to Louisville, I'm not all that confident that that one's going to be a, the breakthrough, but I think they will get there eventually. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out though. Yeah, agreed. And I think, like you said, I mean, if they lose that game to Louisville, it's not the end of the world. But Louisville's like the number five team in the country right now, which I don't entirely agree with, but they are the number five team in the country, according to people that vote in the AP poll. I actually think like this UConn team without Paige is pretty evenly matched with that team when you think about it. It's a team that kind of like didn't add a whole lot, but lost Dana Evans from last year. That's kind of what you're looking at with UConn with a few more missing pieces right now. But like, it's like they kind of like lost Paige Beckers for, you know, like she was a senior and obviously that's not the case, but I think it's a really even matchup. So that one's going to be really interesting. I mean, if they can come out of that with a win, I think we like in the next two weeks, we kind of know that like it's going the positive route. If they, if they win that Louisville game, I'm not concerned. Oh, 100%. And that's the last game that you have before your little mini Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I think if you win these, you've got to win these two games this week. I think, I think that's important, but I think even if they're ugly wins to come out of this week and say, Hey, we beat Georgia tech and UCLA two French top 25 programs with like three days of practice without page Beckers. I think that's a really good sign in and of itself. If they can win them by more than 10 points, it's even a better side. And then you win that Louisville game. I think you need to take your hand all the way off the panic button. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think just so much of this is going to be a matter of confidence because 
if, like you said, you can just come out of those two games with wins. Gino said a huge thing this past week has been just getting confidence into Avina, Kristen, that they can do it. They're not asking those two players to do anything they're not capable of. They can say whatever they want about, yeah, we know we can do it, but until you go out and do it, if you can go and prove to just yourself that you're capable of playing at that level, you're capable of carrying the torch. I think that's going to go a really long way. And for Caroline Ducharm too, I think that performance that she had against Notre Dame is massive for her confidence because wow, was she terrible against Seton Hall. Just awful, awful, terrible. Turned the ball over pretty much every single time she touched it. And she didn't let it affect her into the Notre Dame game. I think that's a very, very good sign for her. So it's all about confidence. It's all about telling yourself and knowing that you can do it. Yeah, get these wins, hit the reset button. And then, yeah, it's finals week, but you got an entire week of practice to then start to figure it out in a little more depth. You've got some tape about what your own team is going to look like, and you can start making corrections that way. Just get the wins and get out. Exactly. And then after finals week two, you've got, I mean, they do have Marquette and DePaul in that stretch, but you've got big East play where you've got a little bit more freedom to figure things out, try different things, figure out what works. Like you're not, you know, at risk of losing the game. If you, you know, have one horrible quarter against Butler probably. So they've got some more, more time to figure things out after that too. But I agree. If they can come out of this next two weeks with three wins, I would even two wins. I think they're in really good shape. Yeah, absolutely. I would also just like to lodge a prediction right now that Caroline Ducharm is going to be really, really good starting right now. I am all in on Caroline Ducharm and the way that she played in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame. Cut down the turnovers. This kid can play. I think she's still flying way under the radar just because of how slow she started the season. But I think the Caroline Ducharm show is about to arrive. Yeah. And I mean, we've heard how many times from Gino and from other people that like she was a player that was going to make an impact early on. And we finally see that in the Notre Dame game. And I I do think it's something she's just going to kind of step up here. And I think that's going to put you kind of a lot ahead of where people think they are. You can't say enough about how good her fourth quarter was against Notre Dame, of course, like there was things that Liv and Paige and other players were doing that helped them kind of go on that run, but she was a huge part in why they were able to kind of finally get away and break away and have it be a 20 point win instead of the, you know, Notre Dame was hanging around the rest of the game there. Is it too much to say this is a season defining stretch? Because I don't think it is, but at the same time, by the time Paige is back, I feel like we're going to have a pretty good idea of what this team is capable of. I kind of feel like it is a season defining stretch because I think we're going to learn about a lot about this team in this stretch. And I think not that like if they lose a few games, it's like, you know, we can tell them like that they're not going to win a national championship. But I think you're going to get a very good sense for like, is this team really going to be able to beat like South Carolina in a national championship with how they pulled things together across this week? Because if everyone, or not across this week, across this next two months, because, you know, if everyone can step up and then you're going to add Paige back in, I just, it's going to be really hard for any team in the country to beat them. But if people don't step up when they have to, I think that's maybe not the best sign going into March. Yeah. We saw last season that Paige alone can't win a national championship. Paige and Kristen alone can't win a national championship. You need the bigs. You need Avina. You're going to need AZ and Caroline. I mean, they were over-reliant on Paige. So 
It's not like you were going to say, okay, Paige, we're not playing you for two months just so the team can figure it out. I think her head would explode if they try to do that. Rightfully so, I would say. So maybe this is what this team needs to get to the place that they want to go, that they need to go. You don't want it to come in the form of an injury, especially to someone like Paige, who this thought's been stuck in my head ever since the Seton Hall game where she dove into the Seton Hall bench trying to grab a ball with like two minutes left in the blowout. And someone asked her about it after the game. And she was like, I, I just love basketball. I just love playing. So as long as my body holds up and I can just keep playing, I'm going to keep doing those same sort of things. So many players are like, Oh, I love basketball, but it like, I don't think many people are true basketball junkies in the way that pages it's, it's just, I, I don't know how it, it's hard to describe it to someone who hasn't talked to Paige a whole lot or hasn't heard Gino talk about it. But I remember last year I was just trying to ask some of the players what they were doing to get through the isolation and the tedium and the board boredom of every single day being the exact same. And I'm like, Paige, do you have to take a break from basketball and just kind of step back and try and do something else? And she's like, nah, I go home. I watch basketball. You know, if I'm not playing basketball. I'm thinking about basketball. If, if I'm not thinking about basketball, I'm watching basketball. Like I don't really get sick of basketball. I just love basketball so much. So it just really sucks in that regard that she loves the sport so much. She's it's gotta be tough for her to be out for probably two months. Yeah, it has to be tough for her. And I think just, I mean, the team in general, too, I think everyone kind of has expressed that, like, they just feel so bad for her. And I think, you know, that closeness in this team has been something we've talked about a lot and, you know, part of what makes them better. And there's obviously nothing positive about her being injured, but I do think coming back to what you said, like, it forces this team to just have to to step up and like you don't get that without this so if you're trying to find a silver lining not that there's anything positive about it but if you're finding a silver lining like it's that everyone else now has to take a bigger role so what does that look like in March when she's back gonna be a lot of interesting stories to write that's what I'm looking forward for this (laughs) I I always think about not the year after Stewie graduated but the year after that when Azaree Stevens was playing Nothing interesting happened with that team the entire year. They went out there, Kia Nurse, Katie Lou Samuelson, Nafisa Collier, Azaree Stevens, and who's the last one I'm missing? Gabby Williams and Crystal Dangerfield, her two, obviously. They would go out there. They would beat every single team the exact same way, and they got to the NCAA tournament and lost. That, that was the entire season. I recapped the entire season for you in 10 seconds. Nothing interesting happened. There were never any interesting games where this person stepped up. This is how they won it this time. Oh, they needed this to happen. But I don't, to make a comparison to that year, you know, who won the national championship? Notre Dame, a Notre Dame team ravaged by injuries. So there's precedent for it. 1997, Tennessee had a million injuries. They won it. How teams respond to adversity goes a long way. A lot of times it's the most mentally tough teams that win the national championship. Gino has emphasized that a lot. We'll see just how much this team has in the next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, they're going to have to be more mentally tough than maybe they have been because I know that's something Gino's kind of been harping on is that they have to be more mentally tough. And well, now you really have to be. So hopefully that's going to help them build towards March as well. I think, you know, they're, they're going to have to be tougher. They're going to have to figure out a lot of things and, all of that is going to kind of turn into lessons that help them if they go on to eventually win a national championship here. 
to follow the next few weeks and the team throughout the season. You can follow Megan on Twitter at Megan Gower. You could follow me on Twitter at Daniel V. Connolly. Be sure to subscribe to the UConn Women's Basketball Weekly. The free weekly this week is absolutely loaded. There is so much going on in there. Sign up for free. Become a premium subscriber if you want some of our premium coverage. Read the UConn blog. Subscribe to the show, too. Tell a friend about it. Megan, anything to send us into the brave new world without Paige Beckers for the next six to eight weeks? I would say just, you know, watch these games. It's going to be really interesting. I'm very excited to see how they look on Thursday and Saturday. So I think regardless of the outcome, it's going to be very interesting. Two games. Absolutely. Anyways, that will do it from us. Thanks for listening.